Church, God, he always keeps his promises. What God promises, he is faithful to accomplish. You see, Hebrews 13, it says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That our God is a God who is more powerful than this world. Our God is more powerful than any obstacle within your life. Do you realize that the God that you serve, that the God that I serve, is the same God who has let the Israelites out of Egypt, who has given the ten plagues, who has parted the Red Sea? That he is the same God who has led the Israelites into the land of Canaan. You see, that is our God today, and he always keeps his promises. His character is always the same, and his love endures forever. And you see, for a lot of us, God has spoken words of truth within our life. For many of us, God has spoken promises within your life. And it is those times when you are reading the Bible, when you are being proclaimed the word of God, and God speaks to you like a dagger into the heart. Where it's something like it's, it's burning within you, like a fire that comes up. You know, there's a theologian named Wayne Barber. He said, what God does is, off the pages of scripture, he takes the verse, never out of context, but he'll take the verse and burn it in your heart and give you a promise. God will speak to you that nobody can take it away. He speaks to us clearly through the word of God. And we know that's the word of God because it burns within us. Because it speaks to us directly, exactly where we are in in our life. You know, in Luke 24, Jesus, he's speaking to these men. And these men don't even realize that it's Jesus. But they realize that it's Jesus later on because as he was speaking, they said that their hearts were burning after him. Their hearts were burning when, God, when Jesus was speaking to him, speaking to them. And so there are promises that God has given us through the Bible, through the proclamation of God's word. And yet, for many of us, the question is not, will God keep his promises? The question is, when? When is God going to keep that promise? Sometimes, you see, these promises, they occur instantaneously. Others, they take years and others, decades. You see, church, in this passage, we have a man named Caleb who waited 45 years for God to fulfill his promise to him. When you look at the story of Caleb, and as I was studying through it, it reminded me of a missionary named Adonai Judson, who spent 12 years in Burma without a single convert. And it got to the point where the missionary board that has sent him actually sent a very uh, friendly letter to him saying, maybe it's time for you to come back home because, you know, after all this time, you don't have a single convert. And so they asked him, they said, uh, Adonai, what, what, Christian, what does Christianity look like for Burma in the future? Should, is that something that we should give up on? Is that something that we should continue? And Adonai, his reply was this. The future is as bright as the promises of God. I'm staying here. You see, for Adonai, he was like Caleb. And Caleb was so sure of the promises of God that it didn't matter what obstacles were in front of him. It didn't matter what other people said. He said, I'm going to stick here. I'm going to continue because I trust in the promises of God. I am so sure of what God has said to me that nothing is going to hinder me from that. 
Because it's not me against these obstacles. It's not me against these people. It's not me against this world. It's God against that stuff. And if God is for me, then who can be against me? Church, as we go through this passage, there's one characteristic of Caleb that allows him this assurity. There's one characteristic of Caleb that differentiates him from so many other people who are melting in fear over everything that was going to happen. And this characteristic is the key to why, God, to why Caleb was so successful and why God ultimately blessed him so abundantly. And it was simply because Caleb was wholly devoted to God. Now, before we go into that characteristic of Caleb, I, I need us to go back a little bit. Because in order to understand this passage, in order to understand the promise, we have to go back 40 years to Numbers chapter 13. Because what we see there is that the Israelites, they had been freed from Egypt. They had been led through the wilderness. And they were right on the brink of the promised land. And as they were overlooking this land, God, he speaks a powerful promise into their lives. And he says, like, he says, look, if you go into this land with confidence, every piece of land that you walk on, I will give it to you. Every land, every city, every place you go into, I am going to give it to you because I am God and I am powerful. So trust in me. It was a promise to them to move forward in confidence. And so the Israelites, what they do is they send out 12 spies to scout the land, to make sure that the land was good for them to go into immediately. And these 12 spies, they come back. And 10 of them say, look, the land is good. It is flowing with milk and honey. But the thing is, the enemies are just way too strong. They say, the land we explore devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. They're giants. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. In that verse, do you notice all of these references to sight? It's interesting because when you read this passage, you realize that God was testing the Israelites. Because there were two options in front of them. Either they could retreat in fear over what they saw, or they could advance in confidence because of what they've heard. They could either go forward in so much courage because they know that God had promised them that land, or they could go backward in fear because of the things that they had seen. And yet God was testing them in that moment. Are you going to trust what I have said to you? Or are you going to move back in fear because of what you have seen? You know, there was an Olympic runner named Maria Runyon who competed in the Sydney Olympics in 2000. She was really unique, and she was uh, headlined over all the, you know, different news sources because she was legally blind. Now, a lot of people have asked her, well, why don't you try to get that fixed? Why don't you do something about that? And she says, no, no, actually, I, I don't want to get that fixed because my lack of vision, even though others may may think that it's a, it's a bad thing. For me, it's actually an asset. Because of my lack of vision, I only focus on the finish line. And I don't focus on anyone or anything else around me. 
Church, as Christians, there are going to be tests and trials in your life that try to pull you away from the Lord. And that those tests, those things, those people are going to try to pull you away from what God has already promised you. But the reason why Caleb was able to move forward in confidence was because he did not look at the things that he could see. Instead, he trusted in the promises of God and in the character of, of who God was in his life already. He remembered all that God has done. And he remembered all the things that God had done with his friends, with his family, already in the wilderness. And so he trusted in the character and in the promises of God. And so it didn't matter what obstacles were in front of him. He was able to move forward in courage. For us as Christians, my call to you is focus on the finish line. Don't focus on the obstacles. Don't focus on the people next to you. Don't focus on everything else. Focus on what God has already promised you. That is what's most important. And so within those 12 spies, there was Caleb. And he looks at the spies in bewilderment. And he says, look, no, no, no. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. We see the people, they don't listen. And because they didn't want to go into the land, God allows them to wander in the wilderness for 40 more years. And now after 40 years of walking in the wilderness, and after finally enter, entering into the promised land again, we come to this passage where they have fought for five years. They have reached almost the pinnacle of where they're supposed to be. And now 45 years have passed. Caleb, he comes up to Joshua and he says in verse 12, I am 85 years young, right? But I still remember what God has promised me. And God promised that Hebron belonged to me. Now give me that mountain. Now just a side note, do you know that the name Caleb actually uh, the meaning of Caleb is actually bold. Now, that makes sense, right? And so when we look at that, we, we have to question it a little bit because, man, how is Caleb so different than everyone else? What allowed him to be bold in the face of enemies? What allowed him to stay faithful for so many years? And the answer is really quite simple. It's because he was wholly devoted to God. See, church, being wholly devoted meant that Caleb was different than the people around him. In verse 8, Caleb says, But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, yet I wholly followed the Lord. Caleb was different. You see, I think Caleb understood what Peter would say in 1 Peter 2.11, where he says, look, we as Christians are aliens and strangers in this world. Other translation says we are sojourners and pilgrims here. We are not meant to be in this world. This is only a transit stop. This is only a bus stop. Where we're supposed to be is heaven. Our citizenship is there. We're not meant to be comfortable. There's supposed to be a, a, a moment, a, a, a part of you that's uncomfortable with being in this world. That's a good thing. 
Because as Christians, our value system should go against what this world says. For Christians, our, what we desire, what we want, what, what our heart really desires, it should go against everything that this world stands for. It should go against the fabric and the grain of this world. That's what Caleb was trying to exemplify. Because, you see, these ten, these ten uh, spies, man, they were, they were so afraid. And they realized that, man, they couldn't go on their own and conquer the land. And because of their fear, it penetrated, infiltrated the entire camp. And so everyone is afraid, except for Caleb. And yet Caleb was still able to be strong. He was still able to be courageous, and he was still able to follow after the promises of God because he understood that he was meant to be different. Church, I want you to know that if you are more interested in fitting in and being accepted and being liked by people, then you will never wholly follow the Lord. If you're more concerned about what other people think than what God has promised you, then you will never be fully devoted to the Lord. Numbers 14.24 says, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Caleb was fully devoted to God because he was different. He was different. And he realized that, he understood that, and he was able to go forward in confidence because of that. It didn't matter what the results were. It didn't matter what obstacles were in front of him. He understood the promises of God, and so he went forward in faith. And that's why if you are fully devoted to the Lord, your definition of success is going to be different than the world. Because the world has a lot of different definitions of success. A lot of people say you should look at yourself. You should look inside. What your expectations are, that's how you should gauge your success. And so for a lot of us, we say, okay, our expectation, we want to reach up to this level. And so if we are able to reach that expectation, then we're a success. And yet if we're not able to reach that, then, man, we're a failure. For other people, they say, no, no, you should gauge your success on how other people look at you. And so we gauge our success by whether people judge us well or judge us badly. And so if people judge us to be a success, then, man, we're a success. And yet if people judge us to be failures, then, then we're a failure. Pleasing our peers becomes the primary purpose of living. But, church, there is a different way that success can be measured. True success is determined not by our feelings, not by the opinions of others, but by God. If you please God, it doesn't matter who you displease. If you displease God, it doesn't matter who you please. What God thinks is key. There is nothing else that matters for you. There's nothing else that matters for a Christian. It doesn't matter the opinions of other people. It doesn't matter if others are afraid. It doesn't matter what others think of you. What matters is God. Is God pleased with you? That's it. Is God displeased with your actions? That's it. That is your barometer of success. That is your standard that you should be focused on. Nothing else. True success means following the promise, promises that God has placed for you, regardless of what other people think. 
Caleb, he knew and he trusted in God's promise for his life. He knew that God said, look, I am going to give you this land. And so it didn't matter how big the giants were, he was going to go through and follow through. Not by his own strength, but by the strength of the promises of God. Another trait that showed his whole devotion was that Caleb believed what God said. And I know that sounds really simple. Uh, that sounds like something like an of course statement. But I think it's so important for us. Because Caleb believed what God said. He didn't care about the other obstacles or about the other people in his life who said that he couldn't do it. He was able to move forward because he simply believed in what God said. End of story. And because God said those things and because God said that he would be with Caleb, he knew that if, Caleb, he knew that if God was for him, who could really be against him? You see, in Numbers 13, everyone was afraid. Everyone was confused. And yet Caleb's voice cuts through the confusion when he says, let us go up at once and occupy the land, for we are well able to overcome it. We are able to do this. You have this sense where Caleb was just like, he was looking around and people with, with confusion. He was wondering why everyone was afraid because he said, well, well, if God said it, then I believe it, and that settles it. I mean, if God said this to be true, then let's go and do it. Why are we stammering around here? Why are we waiting around here? Why are we kind of waiting in fear? There's nothing to be afraid of. If God is for us, then, then who can really be against us? You see, that's who Caleb was. He was a man who was fully and completely devoted to the Lord. He took God at his word and he believed what God said. If God said this, he said, okay, I'm going to go. If God said that, he said, okay, I'm going to go this way. He followed after the Lord and he didn't let anything deter him. No matter how painful, no matter what obstacles, no matter what anyone else said. You see, the reason we turn from God and the reason we choose the world over the Lord is because when we see obstacles and trials that go against what God has promised us, we compare our strength to those things and we find ourselves lacking. And to be honest, you should. Because there are so many things in this world that are much more powerful than you are, that you cannot control. But I want to challenge you and tell you that your perspective is wrong. It's not your strength against those obstacles, it's your obstacles against God. You see, the ten spies, they measured their own strength against the giants of Canaan, and that's why they were afraid. And yet Caleb measured the giants against the promises of God, and they, those giants cannot compare to that. The ten focused on the giants. Caleb focused on the Lord, and that's why he was courageous, and that's why he could walk through, and that's why he could continue to wait upon the Lord. Caleb says, do not rebel against the Lord. Nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. One commentator puts it, when Caleb says they are our bread, it means the bigger the giant, the bigger the loaf. In other words, the bigger the obstacle, you know what? That's awesome because that's the greater the opportunity for God to show his glory. Caleb was saying, man, I'm glad that there's giants there. I'm glad that there's enemies there. 
I'm glad that they're huge because you know what? All that's going to do is flex God's muscles. All that's going to do is show God's glory. All that's going to do is show even greater miracles for us to witness and turn others to Christ. Yes and amen. Let's continue to do that. Let's go. So it's an awesome thing. Whatever struggles you're going through, man, I don't want to diminish those struggles at all. Absolutely. But I want you to know that even in those struggles, God is in control. That he is more powerful than them. And that his promises are sure and that his love endures forever. And that you are his son and you are his daughter. And as his son, as his daughter, he is going to give you good and perfect gifts. So stay faithful to him. Hold on to the promises of God. See, for Caleb, he had amazing faith. But his faith was based on such simple and yet profound ideals. Lastly, the way Caleb showed his whole devotion to God was through his patience. There is a perseverance that Caleb had that many, many of us do not have today. Joshua tells us that Caleb waited 45 years for God to deliver on his promises. In fact, Caleb says in verse 10, Look, God has kept me alive in order to fulfill his promise in me. Caleb is 40 years old when he comes out of Egypt as a slave. He spends 40 years in the wilderness. He spends five more years fighting. But he knows that God is faithful, so the promises that God has given him is just a matter of time. So for Caleb, he is simply going to be patient. Church, do you know why God decided to wait 45 years to fulfill his promise in Caleb? Because that was the exact right time for Caleb. That's it. Look, I know that it's difficult to wait for God's promises for your future. I, I don't know all the things that you are waiting for. I don't know how long you've been waiting for, whether that's been months or years or even decades. But I want you to know that in your time of discouragement, there's just one word that I can say to you, and it's that as you focus upon the promises of God in your future, I hope and I pray that you would focus upon what God has done in your life through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That in the Old Testament, God had promised the Son, of, the Son of God to come down, to live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death, and to rise again for our sins. And that is exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. That it was through his death and it was through his resurrection that he has broken every chain, that he has broken every sin, that he has broken the addictions of your life. It is simply through the power of the Holy Spirit that you're able to cross over those paths. And so as you reflect upon all that Jesus Christ has done in your life, I pray that you would hold on to that in hope as you wait upon the future promises of the Lord. Be free, church, and be at peace because God has kept his promises and he will keep them for you. You see, within those 45 years of waiting, it must have been so difficult. No matter how strong one's faith is, waiting is never an easy thing. But Caleb understood that his time of waiting, although difficult for him, it was a witness for other people. 
And I pray that even in your time of waiting, that you would use it as a witness for other people. You know, as a pastor, I've been able to hear and witness so many testimonies of so many people. And it's been such a blessing to see that. But the testimonies that have really hit my heart, that have been a dagger to me, have been the ones where those Christians who are faithful in the Lord are waiting for a promise for God to come to fruition and yet haven't yet. And yet in their moment of waiting, they're faithful to the Lord. That they're investing in other people. That they're serving for others. That they're doing the best in where they are, even though that's not exactly where they want to be in the future. And even in their waiting, and even in their hoping for something greater in the future, for the promises of God to come to fruition, they are going to do their best in where they are today. And man, that brings me so much hope. And that spurs me on. That challenges me. Because you can see the faith of a person through their waiting and through their perseverance and through their patience. And that's exactly what Caleb was doing. That in those 45 years, you can bet that he was investing in the people around him. That in those 45 years, that he was a witness to the people around him. And because of what his faith was like, and because of his perseverance, and because of his patience, people, I'm sure, were led closer and closer to the Lord. I pray and I hope that that is your story as well. That God is going to use opportunities in your life as you are waiting today for his glory. Yes and amen that his promises will come to pass in your life. And I hope that that is your testimony. I pray that it is. But don't shortchange the Lord. He can use your time of waiting for his glory as well. So invest in the people around you. Invest in this church. Invest in this city. Invest in this neighborhood. For his greater glory. Church, I hope that the life of Caleb is an encouragement and a challenge for us. Let's move forward in faith. Let's step up. Let's fight together. Let's move forward as one. That even in our time of waiting, man, God is faithful. God always keeps his promises. So stay wholly devoted to him. Amen? Let's pray.